This year at Northside, our theme is the light of life, which comes from John chapter 8, verse 12. And many Northsiders know that we've been doing lots of different things and partnering with good ministries as a part of that. But I thought it good to mention that because today we are talking about a woman who is, uh, for most of us, a very big light in our lives. As I start today, I want to tell you that we're in a, a series called Better Together, and we're talking about the relationships that we all need in our lives, that God has given us to bless us with, and certainly one of those would be our own mother most of the time. A Mother's Day can be a hard holiday for some. Uh, perhaps you didn't have a good mom. Perhaps she was not a God-fearing woman, or you have an estranged relationship. Mother's Day can be very difficult. If you had a mom who is not a great example, and you have difficulty coming on a day like today, uh, that can be difficult. It can be difficult if you are a, a lady who has been unable to bear children, though you desire to. Or maybe you have lost a child. Uh, in those ways, coming to church on a special day like today can be hard. Uh, the good news is that the Bible does not whitewash every story. I've said many times and will say many times that the Bible is a very honest book. And not just about the goodness of God but about our brokenness, about our broken world, and about our broken condition. As I thought of this word uh, today, I, I wanted to give three words to our mom. Three very special words that every mom needs to hear. Uh, you probably know those words, but I'll go ahead and say them anyway. I am sorry. Just as I listen this morning to the to the children and the babies, and, and I, I think so many times about how difficult of a job it is to be a mom, to be a good mom especially. Uh, there are those who are single moms, who or uh, the, the marriage didn't work, and, and you're doing it on your own. And you just do all of it. You have no help. Uh, it, it can be tremendously Difficult, and I thank you that you choose to come anyway. There are those of you who are effectively single. I mean, you're married, but you don't get any help. You're the spiritual director of the home. You're responsible for getting the kids to church. And maybe you're here this morning wondering, is it even worth it? And this morning's story will hopefully convict you that it absolutely is. I'm sorry for all that you have to go through and for all that you have to struggle, but I want to tell you this morning that this struggle is worth it. I'm sorry, Mom, for all the endless piles of laundry. Arms up. I'm sorry for not giving you one moment of silence. I'm sorry. For everything. Sorry, Mom. For all those times 
that I came home late. Sorry for always fighting with my brother. For treating you like an ATM machine. For breaking your heart over and over by thinking I knew better. Parenting is the hardest thing I've ever done. But I've learned how to do it from you. Thank you for teaching me. That giving of myself is the strongest way to live. That allowing my kids to fail will teach them the greatest lesson. Thank you. For teaching me that I can go one more day. That parenting is the greatest honor in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I will remind you that we do have a, a nursery and a training room. If you, <laughs> only thing is, you got to promise to pick them up when we're done. Okay. Moms endure a lot, and I'm sorry that you have to endure that. And it's only when you become parents that you realize uh, how much God endures, uh, as uh, we, as His children. Uh, sometimes we treat Him in the same way. Uh, today we're going to talk about a woman who was not a mother uh, when we first meet her. And so hopefully as we go through this story, it will encourage you uh, understanding that she felt very alone and she endured a great deal, but she persevered with God. Her name was Hannah. And if you'll turn in your Bibles or open up your Bible app to First Samuel chapter one, we'll read her story. Starting about verse 10, now, there's much more to the story, but time doesn't give us the proper boundaries this morning to read all of it. But I would encourage you to do so. But if you're in first Samuel chapter one, look at verse 10 and we're going to read uh, some of that together. The scripture says this. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. Um, you need to understand that Hannah was going through a tough time. If you read just the earlier nine verses, you know that Hannah had a, another woman she was in competition with, Elkanah's wife, Peniah. And though Elkanah loved her deeply, uh, the scripture says that Hannah's womb was closed. And because she, even though she felt loved, she could not bear any children. She was grieved by that and hurt by that. And maybe she wondered... If God heard her pleas and heard her cries, you need to understand that as you come to church this morning and it seems like everybody's got it all together, uh, that everybody has a story, that everybody's come to this point where the relationship with God goes through what I call the valley. And in these valleys, we learn great lessons about the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God in all times. Verse 11, she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if only you will look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. The first thing that we need to understand is that though Hannah was troubled and though she may have felt very alone, like no one in the world understood her plight. She persisted in prayer through her pain. She went to the one, the only one, that could do anything about her plight. Even though she, she struggled, she didn't give up on God. 
Hannah didn't just persist. She persisted with the Lord. And there may be a lot of moms this morning that, that persist, that, that, that think, man, I, I feel so alone. I don't have any help. I, I just don't know what I'm going to do next. I don't know about the future. I'm worried about what things lie in front of me. I want you to go back to Hannah's story. She didn't either. She didn't know what the future held, and she felt very alone. But she pleaded with God and made a bargain with him. She didn't just persist. She persisted with God. And that is so key. There are far too many women who suffer in silence, who, who think they've got to do it by themselves, who, who the world has told them that you might as well just do it yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. And if you feel that way, I want you to remember your father who loves you and cares for you deeply, just as he did with Hannah. First Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, uh, tells us this very important truth. First, it says, humble yourselves, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Oops, I'm sorry, click back there. <laughs> humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. That he may lift you up in due time. You know, one of the things that worry and anxiety do, and, and I want to say this gently. One of the reasons that we're told over and over again not to be afraid and not to worry, not to grow bitter, not to, is because all of those are really not rooted in worry. They're rooted in pride. Worry is, is believing that God won't get it right. Fear and bitterness is believing that God will get it wrong. But humility requires understanding that God is in control. God always does the right thing in the right time. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties onto him. And why do we do that? Out of religious obligation? Because the preacher tells you to? Because your small group leader tells you to? No. Because he cares for you. I wish the scripture spoke to us about the heart of Hannah, but it doesn't. But I believe in my heart that the reason Hannah did what she did in the way that she did was because at her core, she believed that God cared for her. That God understood and that God could do something about it. Everyone has, everyone has troubles. I have no doubt there are women in this audience who have had trouble conceiving a child and, and the burden that that uh, places on them or the couple. I have no doubt that there were many other barren women in Hannah's time. But the difference is, what makes the difference is our attitude and what we do. During those times of trouble. Where do we go? Faith trusts that God is sovereign. And that he cares. And in time. In time. Under God's sovereign hand. He will come through. If you just do a little visual. Of 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. Humble yourselves. Under. The mighty hand of God. Here's you. That he may lift you up in due time. Sweet mother, 
If you are struggling in any sort of way, Peter says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. There is no safer refuge than in this place. That he has not forgotten you as he did not forget Hannah. That he will answer in due time. And it will be exactly the right answer. Fortunately for us, Hannah's story continues and we learn a second thing. That she was tenacious in trouble. Uh, we're on verse 12 now of, of 1 Samuel chapter 1 if you're following along. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, no, 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 my Lord. I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have neither drunk, I have drunk neither Wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. She persisted in prayer. Despite feeling alone, despite being deeply misunderstood even by the priest, despite being falsely accused, despite not being felt like she was loved. But she knew and she believed that God loved her. That God understood her and that God knew where she was. If you turn over to Psalm chapter 91, Psalm chapter 91 is a, a great psalm that's been talked about many times, of course, at the conference. But verses 14 through 16 of Psalm 91 says this Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him, I will protect him, because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. We understand that no matter what you're facing, if you're facing it with God, you know you're going to get through it. I don't know. I cannot promise it will be today. I surely don't know, and I can't promise that it will be this week. But be tenacious with God. Don't give up, because He hasn't given up on you. He's your salvation. He knows your name. He knows who you are. He knows where you stand. And so if you find yourself there, stick with God. And if you don't find yourself there, know that someday you will. And you're going to need to remember Stick with God. In the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, well-known verse, says simply this, Rejoice always. It bothers me sometimes that we don't take 1 Thessalonians 5.16 to heart. I mean, some do. Some are naturally joyful. But I even struggle with this. And there are some people, it seems like in the church, that, that they're, it's their understanding that God is not happy unless they're angry over something. That is clearly unscriptural. It is clearly unbiblical. And if that's your attitude, may I kindly say, you need to repent and to rejoice. 
Rejoice always. What does verse 17 say? Pray continually. You see, I think the two are are deeply connected. I I think if we are going to rejoice always, we have to be praying without ceasing. You see, the, the, the people that struggle with rejoicing always, my guess is, they're not connected to their father. They're only connected to themselves. Rejoice always Pray without ceasing or pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. If your trust is in him, then your hope is in him. And if your hope is in him, then you have every reason in the world to rejoice. And if you're rejoicing, please don't forget to tell your face. We need to wear the joyfulness And the love of Christ. Otherwise, I mean, the world's got enough trouble. And if they look at us and we're dour and angry and always mad about something, there's no reason for us, for them to want to follow our Christ. Because we are so unlike him. So may we be joyful and understand that persistence with God beats resistance in whatever challenges you face. Psalm 121. Turn back now to the Old Testament. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. What Randy said this morning is true. That God spoke everything in this world into existence. That he was there when he knit you together in your mother's womb. And he'll be there long after your life on this world is over. He is the only constant in our world. He is our only help who is sufficient for the troubles we face. Be tenacious like Hannah. Stick with God. Don't give up on him. He surely hasn't given up on you. Our final lesson, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 16. God answered her anxiety. Look at verse 16. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Do not take... Your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. And she said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went away and she ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord and went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah, they loved to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. And so in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Hannah's story reminds us. That he didn't forget about Hannah. He heard her prayer. The scripture that was read for you from Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything. By prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. If you come this morning and you are struggling. If you are worried. If you have anxiety. If you have difficulty and pain and fear. My question is. Have you done Philippians 4? In everything, by prayer and supplication, 
with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Lift your troubles to the one who can carry all your troubles. Hold them up to him. Put them in his hands. It's strange how small your troubles grow when they're in your father's hands. May we not forget how Hannah persevered and how, most importantly, God answered. Now, will he always answer exactly as we request? He will not. If he did everything that you ask or, may I say, demanded of him, then he would not be God. We trust his answers are always best. In this case, it worked out. It it worked out exactly as Hannah had desired and requested. But she trusted no matter what the answer would be. Verse 7, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, as I read it, she had peace before she understood she was pregnant. She had peace before the answer came because she knew whose hands the problem was in. May we not forget that Hannah acknowledged God and God kept his word. Look at verse 26 and 27 as we come to a close. Oh, my Lord, pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. She's talking now to Eli. I prayed for this child, verse 27, and the Lord has granted me what I ask of him. And so now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. It's interesting to me that she, she prayed so long and so hard and so fervently for a son. And as soon as she received the answer, she returned back to the Lord what was already his. Isn't that beautiful? What a wonderful example of parenting stewardship. As many graduates come to their graduation day, as many college graduates get to the point where they're, you know, it, they're big boys and girls now. It's time to go out and do it. It's, it's time to fly and leave the nest. Oh, that gives us parents fear and anxiety. But if we'll do as Hannah did, trusting him through all the difficulties, trusting him in everything, And understanding that it's in God's hands. May we not forget that God answered her anxiety. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 says this. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. May we not forget as we put those things to God to give thanks for what he's given us. And when he answers, may we give back to him. May we acknowledge what he's done by giving back to him those things. And so parents of high school graduates, parents of college graduates, when you're in this time of life where you're so full of fear and anxiety and what will happen, will the little bird fly or will the little bird fall? Give them to God. Say, thank you, God, for the time you've entrusted them to my care. And I pray that I've done a good job. And I pray you'll give grace for the times when I didn't. And I pray that you'll lead them and give them lift, give them solid paths to fly in. May we follow Hannah's example and continue steadfast in prayer, 
being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Chapter 2 is almost entirely Hannah saying thank you to God. May we not forget to be watchful and to be thankful. Two quick lessons. First, um, we got to persist with God. Whether you're a mother or not, the temptation is when you go through anything difficult or troubling, anything that fills you with fear and anxiety, is to think that God's forgotten, that God doesn't notice me. I'm, I'm one of seven billion people. Even if I'm one in a million, that means there are, what, 700 people just like me? I may have got the math wrong there, but don't judge. God knows you. God understands your need. Every single bird that flies through the air, not one of them falls without his knowing. Jesus said, you're worth more than many sparrows. So don't think that God has forgotten you, wherever you are. Matthew chapter 10. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. I understand some of us have larger numbers than others, but every single hair on your head is numbered. And you know who put that number there? God. And God sees the number, and he sees your head, and he knows your name. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. We turn to Luke chapter 18 for our last verse. Speaking of a woman who had lost, presumably her husband, she's later along in years, and she's having trouble. Verse 18. And he told them this story to the effect that they always ought always to pray and not give up. He said, a certain, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected men. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, and yet continue because this widow keeps bothering me. I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Uh, The most important thing that we understand from that is the very beginning of the story. He taught them this story. He told them this parable so that they would learn to always pray and never give up. May we persist in prayer. May we be tenacious in trials. May we remember that God is the answer to every anxiety we face, be it mother or not. Three better words. Never give up. Moms, what you do matters so much more than you know. I know as you sit there with a struggling child and you think, I didn't get anything out of the message today. As you sit there cleaning up Cheerios and, and, and you know crayons and, and all of that, you think there was nothing that I got out of today. And you're wrong. You're wrong. There is so much more that God is doing through you than you can ever imagine. May you not give up in it. May you persist with God and continue doing the work that he has for you. It worked out for Hannah. God's answer, God's, God's revealing of himself showed Hannah what she already knew, that she could trust him. And I want to encourage you with that this morning. This morning, if you're in a struggle and you're having trouble trusting God or even understanding if he's there, can we pray with you? Can we encourage you in some way? Uh, We have shepherds who would love to do that. Whether you're a mom uh, in any sort of situation or just someone who's come this morning and been touched by Hannah's story, 
And we want to help you. Our goal here at Northside is to help everyone along their journey, whether they've been going to church all their life or today's the very first time they've ever been to a worship service. If we can help you, we want to. We want to pray with you and for you. And if you're ready to put your hope in the only one that can give us true hope in this world and in the next, Jesus the Christ. If you're ready to confess faith in him and put him on in baptism, we'd love to help you with that as well. May we learn from the lesson from Hannah's journey that God never gave up on Hannah and Hannah never gave up on God. May we do the same. If you have any need this morning, please come as together we stand and sing.